All right, well, hey, good morning. I'm Mark, executive pastor here. I want to welcome you also to this uh, start of our study of Colossians, which is, uh, is just going to be incredible. And I, I want to challenge you, encourage you on the front end, uh, maybe to, to read along with us. We're going to take this about half, half a chapter a week. So this morning we're going to get to chapter 1 through about verse 14. So if you want to go ahead and read through the book a few times, go ahead, you know, kind of know where we're going to, this next week, we're going to take about another half a chapter uh, after the sermon, you know, maybe take some notes and afterwards read it and think through it a little bit more deeply. I mean, that's, that's how you take what we're talking about on Sunday morning and just take it to a whole nother place. So I'd, I'd really encourage you to do that. And, you know, we work through it different times. Sometimes we're working through a topic, um, and then sometimes we're doing this, we're just going to take this book and we're going we're gonna to study it and try to figure out exactly what's going on here and what implications that would have for us. And this is, if you've ever read Colossians before, this is a really, really powerful book that has huge implications for us. In fact, uh, even our, our title here revealed, there is a, a truth here that it, it, it talks about in Colossians this, as a mystery, as, as this, this powerful thing that, that once it, uh, it's realized that it's just, it's transformational. It, it's it's, uh, it's something that just drops like a bomb and changes everything, that it, 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 it flips the script on whatever narrative you've been walking in when this thing is, is realized, your perspective is turned upside down. And I, I, I just want to start this morning with that question, is, have you had some things like that, other than talking about the gospel this morning and, and Jesus stuff, but just in other areas of your life where you had something happen, some new knowledge entered the picture, and it just... It just radically changed everything. I've got a few different examples of that I'll throw at you just to get us going. But um, one of them is when I was trying to, to learn, we lived overseas for a while and trying to drive on, you know, the other side of the road and also on the other side of the car, you know, the steering wheel on the, on the right side and, and trying to drive a standard. Luckily, they still leave the pedals the same way. I think that would have totally thrown me for a loop. And the gears are the same, but everything is, you know, opposite but the thing that was really hard about it, and if you've ever traveled or talked to anybody that's traveled, they've said, probably said this to you because I know everyone does to me, that um, when you get in places that, that just tra the traffic is different, when there's a whole lot of people in a little bitty tight space and there are lines on the road but nobody uses them. Like, what, what, what do you do with that? I mean, the first time I went to a place like that and I was taking pictures of the things that really were just astounding to me. I remember the picture I took. It was one of the first rides I had in a taxi, a little rickshaw taxi, and this bus pulled up beside us, and it felt like that big tire was inside the taxi. It was that close. To, and I remember being blown away by that. Now, that was 99, and I guess I've now grown a lot less, uh, you know, <laughs> more accustomed to it. And I took a friend uh, on a trip recently, and we were on an hour and a half rush to get to the airport, and the, the cab just went nuts, right? He was just dodging it, going in there, everything. And we were ha I, I thought we were having a deep conversation on the way to the airport. <laughs> we got there, and he just was honest with me and said, Mark, I, I got to tell you, dude, you were saying a bunch of stuff, but I didn't hear one word you said. You're going to have to recap that whole thing because my head was in my lap, and I was just holding on for dear life the whole time. I was in the front seat just riding, thinking, oh, this is all good. I mean, because you've got people, and again, no lines are followed, and everybody's honking their horn. I found out later, that just means we're saying, hey, I'm here. I'm just, I'm just over here. But what does that mean for us? In the context that I grew up in, 
We're very linear. Those lines mean something. You, you go behind the person in front of you. That horn you just honked, man, you just yelled some obscenity at me, and I want to get out of the car and go correct this thing with you because we got problems. You just yelled at me. And in, and in those places, it just means, hey, I'm over here. Hey, I'm over here. So everybody's honking. So everybody's honking. Nobody's following any of the rules. And I was very, very frustrated until I talked to a friend who had grown up in that context, and he said, man, you're missing it. Here we drive just like you were in a river. We, we drive like water. If things shift this way, everybody just kind of sh- shifts together. If there's, an, if there's an open space, you feel it. So if you slow down, that person's going to come in front of you and feel it. They're not cutting you off. They're not honking at you because they're mad at you. They're honking at you saying, hey, I'm coming around the corner. Hey, and, and you don't even need rearview mirrors because you don't have to worry about what's behind you. If somebody gets in front of you, you just slow down like water. You just kind of let them fill the space. One of the things I was always frustrated just getting at, at McDonald's, getting cut in line. And somebody cuts in line, I, I, at first I just go. He'd step up and I'd just step beside him and look at him. And I realized that the, the cat didn't even realize he'd done anything wrong. Like, I was going to have to teach him what a line was. And after that, I, oh, he's just doing the water thing. You know, I didn't move up fast enough. There was some space there. That means I better get right up on the guy in front of me because i got to make sure that there's no space because he's fixing to cut up in front of me. It's just water. That, that, that changed the way I viewed it, <laughs> which caused me a lot of trouble when we were back here trying to drive. <laughs> That'll get you arrested here, driving like, uh, it was, like you, the lines matter there, well, you'll never get anywhere. And so there's these two different perspectives, but having that perspective in that place changed it for me. You know, another thing, uh, once we got back, we had kind of missed the, the cell phone or the, the smartphone. And I had this big group of college students in a, in a big bus in the middle of Dallas at rush hour trying to get to, to this event venue. And I had my MapQuest printout. And I was trying to navigate, you know, and somebody was looking at the map, and we were all, and we were stuck, and I was getting stressed out. I mean, we're not going to make it on time. We're late, and this bus, and, and this guy comes from the back, of the back of the bus with his phone, and he goes, hey, look, I got it right here. And I looked over, what, what do you mean you got it? See, that, that dot is, is us, and, and, and that dot's where we're going, and it was moving. It's like, you mean that's like, like real time? Like that blue dot is us? I mean, I almost had a wreck just going, what? <laughs> Realizing that that just changed everything. Now, I don't know what your opinion is, if you got a smartphone in your pocket or not, but you got to admit, man, that's like MapQuest printout to that whole other ball game, right? Now, both of those things were instances where I was just ignorant, and I was just ignorant. I mean, I just had not been exposed to that truth, and when I was, that truth was revealed to me, I was like, all right, well, now I can operate within this truth. I realized that there are also some things that I am selectively ignorant about, like, uh, and I'm sorry, uh, Maybe I should give a disclosure ahead of time that I'm going to give you some new knowledge that may impact the things you do moving forward related to nutrition and what you eat. Uh, so you might want to close your ears if you don't want this, related to donuts. Uh, I, 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 you know, with this season of my life when I was on a health kick, I was really trying to figure out, like, what donuts? Is there a donut that's okay? Is there a donut that's not okay? I say I was really trying to figure it out. I just decided that the cake donuts must be healthy. I preferred the cake donuts. 
I, I just assumed maybe they were baked and not fried, you know? Like, may, surely, surely, if I knew, like, the numbers on the cake donuts have to be so much better than, than your normal donut. And I was with this group one time. We walked into a Krispy Kreme, and I'm like, I'm, I'm going to figure this thing out. So I asked for their nutritional facts. If you want to get a lot of laughs, walk into a Krispy Kreme or a donut shop and ask for their nutritional facts. The girl looked at me like, what? We've never been asked for that before. But we do have it. And she handed me this, 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 and I looked at it. And guess what I found out? Cake donuts are three times as bad as your normal donut. My selective ignorance, I had lived in bliss underneath this, and now I knew. And now I, it's compulsory upon me. I'm going to have to do something about this knowledge. Now when the donuts are out, i got to decide, am I going to go for the cake donut, knowing full well what that means? Or am I going to stick with this other donut, which I also know what that means? Or am I going to absolve altogether? Which, when we have donuts at staff meetings, they'll tell you, I cut one regular donut in half and, and pick on it and get made fun of, get made fun of bad, y'all. Uh, so when we find out these new things, they, they have an impact on us. And this book, just to kind of set up this book, that, that's what's going on here. We've got Paul writing from prison. He's in prison for a lot of the same reasons that we talked about last week, that, that Jesus was arrested and, and, and murdered and crucified. And he has actually never been to this city of Colossae. This, this guy, this hometown boy from there named Epaphras, is the one that told the people of Colossae about Jesus, and they responded to him and has kind of helped you know, get this, this church planted and started there. And he's evidently gotten this info to Paul, and he's reported to him about them. And now Paul is also helping him and engaged in seeing this church began to grow. And we'll find out later on this morning. I'm going to you know, kind of set the stage for some things that we're going to hit harder as we go through the book. But... Um, yeah, he makes, he makes Paul aware of what's going on, and there are some heresies that have crept in, some things from their past that have, are having influence on them, and they're getting you know, kind of pulled back into their old life, and Paul's setting up what it looks like, this gospel, what it looks like to live it out. And he starts out in uh, verse 3. It says, always, we always thank God the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, and we pray for you, which I just think is amazing. So, so Paul has gotten knowledge of this place, and he's committed that he's going he's gonna to pray for them. In fact, this first section, it talks about two different prayers. This first one is a prayer of thanksgiving, and the second one, he comes back, and he calls out some specific things that he's asking God to do in these new believers. So he says, we, thank, uh, we always thank God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, when we pray for you. Since we heard of your faith... So he, he heard that their faith is real, it's genuine in Christ Jesus, that there's a love that you have for all the saints, that there's a, a real deal, sacrificial love, care that you have for other believers, and because you've got a, a peace and a genuine hope that this gospel has, has given you that deep in your heart of what's laid up for you in heaven. He says, I, I give these prayers of thanks because, man, this is not just a rumor. Whatever happened there in Colossae is not, you know, just you heard some things and nodded your head and walked out. Evidently, it's made a deep impact because you guys have genuine faith, love, and hope. There's genuine life. There's vital signs. 
Which I wonder what that conversation would have looked like if Epaphras says, hey, man, Paul, I, you're not going to believe what happened over in Colossae, man. There's a guy, man, everybody, they, they heard the news. They responded to it. They're, they're, man, they're the real deal. They're true followers of Jesus. I bet Paul would, would probably be about like me if you come up and say, hey, there's this new taco place around the corner. I mean, most people would say, okay, get a new taco place. Is it good? Yeah, it's good. You know what I'm going to ask? I'm going to ask, whoa, 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 whoa. What's your definition of a taco? I mean, are you, t- you talking about, like, is it going to have cilantro and, and lime? And, you know, is it going to be corn tortillas? Or are you talking about, you know, flour tortillas and a bunch of stuff in it? Are you, are you just saying that anything that's brown and bread-like that's folded over is a taco? Or are you talking about a real taco? Now, not that anything's wrong with this or that. But we got to make sure that we're talking about the same thing. Just like coffee. You say this is a good place to go get coffee. I'm going to ask, do they actually serve coffee? Or is it just sugary, milky stuff with a little bit of coffee flavoring? That's fine, and that's great. But, but I need to know what the definition is of what you're talking about. Is it a taco, or is it, is it what you're calling a taco? I bet Paul's like, hey, you're saying they're believers. Uh, are, 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 is our definition of... Of Jesus' follower the same? Has there been evidence of true faith? Are you seeing that they're, they're loving sacrificially to the, to, the, to the others? Is there real hope? I think that's huge. And then he goes on to talk about the second prayer in verse 9. He says, And so from the day we heard, we have not ceased to pray for you. Now look, look at what he asked. Asking that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will. So he's saying you've, you've got this knowledge and this understanding of, of who Jesus is and what he did and what that means for you. You've, you've turned from your sin. You've trusted in him. Now I'm asking that it wouldn't just stop at infancy, but that you would move on to maturity, that you would continue to, to grow and be filled with knowledge of who this God is and what he expects, what his desire, his, his will is for you. In all spiritual and wisdom and understanding that you don't just graduate from kindergarten and call it good, but that, but that you're like, man, I, I want to go on, I want to go on, I want to I continue to grow. And so walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to him. So these things that you know begin to influence the way that you act and, and the way that you live, bearing fruit, these things, these attributes of Jesus are coming out of you in every good work. And then not just stopping there, but continuing to increase in this knowledge of God. Continuing to increase. And it feels like those are some things that happen, you know. There's, there's a mistake that happens um, in, in the church. You know, you've got folks who, they find out this incredible knowledge of who Jesus is and what we celebrated last week at Easter and then it is kind of like we just, we just stop there. There's churches all across the world this morning that are full of people that just kind of stopped at that. Reminds me of my boy Jack, our six-year-old, who makes us laugh continually. But the, one of the big things I've noticed lately, lately that really makes us laugh is that he's, he's just content. He's content with a bike with training wheels. Yeah, his twin sister is like, you know, jumping off the side of the curb and, you know, popping wheelies. And he's like, I'm fine with my training wheels. He's fine with shoes that don't have laces. He would actually prefer, he asked Brennan the other day to help him uh, do the Velcro strap. 
And he asked, and like, like you're his personal assistant. <laughs> hey, Velcro strap, please. Yeah, yeah thank, thanks, Dad. Snacks. Somebody, told, somebody kept him the other day, and they were laughing and telling me that he walked in the room. As soon as I turned around and the door shut, he said, Snacks! <laughs> Snacks! <laughs> that, that's my boy, Jack. He, yesterday, he was leaving his grandparents' house, and his grandmother, there was a little football, and she said, Hey, here you go. You can, you can take this with you if you'll play catch with your with your dad and your brothers, and he looked at it, he looked at her, and he says, that's all right, I'll just leave it here. <laughs> I mean, he's kind of just content with being where he is. A lot of us are like that. It's like we got this incredible news, and then we just, we just stop. And Paul's prayer is, no, no don't, don't stop. Move on, move on. You know, the other thing that seems to happen sometimes is that people really lean into the knowledge more and more and more. How, more. how much more can I know about, about this thing? How much more can I study the Bible? How can I have all these things and all this knowledge? But then look what he prays. That you would know his will so that then you would live it out. <laughs> and sometimes folks get so full of knowledge, but it never moves over to actually doing anything with the knowledge. He says he wants this, and then they talk and talk and talk about how he wants this. And all the while... Well, do it. Love the saints. All right. Well, let's, let's go do that then. Let's live a life where we go and try to, try to love each other. Um, you know, we also have a, a senior in high school, and I think now more than ever I realize, y'all, that these, God gives us these children in our home, and it is moving to a place of, man, with it, maturity, right? I mean, we don't. The same thing happens when we come into the kingdom of God. We're moving to a place, and we're growing up, and growth can't be stunted. You know, I love this mural out on our, on our front, uh, our wall out there that says, you belong. Isn't it awesome? I mean, one, it's just the creativity around it, how beautiful it is, and what it communicates. Man, this is a place. This is your first Sunday here. You are welcome. This is a place that we belong together. And we belong and then we begin to take these huge things and we believe them at a deep level. And we, get, we kind of catch the virus, so to say. And then we become these agents of it and we're contagious. We, we're here and then we believe and then we, we become something together. We go on to maturity so as to walk in a manner, manner worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to him, bearing fruit. Man, that's awesome. All right, now I'm going to go back up a little bit and talk a little bit more about this knowledge because he, he says that this thing that was revealed to them was truth, which can be a really, really controversial word. And he says it twice, that this thing is true, y'all. Verse uh, 5 and 6, of this you have heard before in the word of truth, the gospel, which has come to you as indeed in the, in the whole world. It's bearing fruit and increasing as it also does among you. Since the day you heard it and understood the grace of God, you understood the grace of God in truth. You know, this grace of God can be misunderstood that, that we're loved undeservingly, that we brought nothing to the table and, 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 and we're loving. In fact, I've seen from me and for others that, man, the, getting your mind around 
the truth of grace, undeserved love, getting what you didn't deserve and accepting that is really, really difficult. And he says that these people in Colossae, they got it. They heard this gospel, what Jesus had done, what that meant, how transformational that was. They understood it, and they received it, and they embraced it. You know, it just seems like, I mean, it's interesting. I was, after the first service, I was talking to somebody about this, how, you know, issues that we're going to see in Colossians, I mean, they're the same issues that we're dealing with right now. I mean, maybe now more than ever, the idea that there aren't any real absolute truths. Somebody the other day was asking me about that, man. Hey, what do you do with that? Because everybody says, my truth, my truth, your truth, your truth. And that's real convenient because nobody ever has to be wrong, I guess. But the problem is, is that there are some things that are true. <laughs> and when something's true, it, it, it's just true. Like the examples I was given a minute ago, you know, like the truth that, that traffic is different in one place than the other in the world. That doesn't mean that this one is right or that one's right. But to say that it's true that they're different is big. And if you don't believe that, you're going to be in trouble. And if you try to try this way, there is a truth. There is a truth whether you choose to have an iPhone in your pocket or not. There is a truth that iPhones are pretty, that map on that. And that did change everything. Turns that they would say, Daddy, another U-turn, Daddy, because that's what we turn. It, 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 you like them or not. Whether you like it or not, the cake donuts, y'all, they got more calories than the regular ones. There's some things that are true, and it is true that there is nothing that you can do to be made absolutely not. That there is a God, a creator. He's strengthened, and this is the prayer that he's praying. Another thing to notice is that powerful thing in them, that he would, he would with all endurance and patience, with joy. Giving thanks to the Father, the Father who has qualified you. Not that you've earned it, or you're getting some kind of payment for something. He has done the qualifying. And he's qualified for you to share in the inheritance of the saints of light. You have this incredible God. And he did that. He, I love this. He says, to the kingdom of his beloved son. Redemption. The forgiveness of selves. Based on our sin of darkness, he's transferred us from, I love that song we just sang that talked about the shadow, to the kingdom of his beloved son. Where there's redemption. It's just something that I'm, I'm working on. And that's interesting. But and he came preaching, the kingdom of God is near to you. He told his disciples, is near. What are we saying when we say the kingdom king? And in, in, the, in the kingdom where Jesus is, and this is a place of, of light and life and hope. The good king who rules right, where things are right, where people love one another. I mean, in his kingdom, it's right. Now, we chose this domain of darkness <laughs> and we've lived under the shadow of all that darkness and hatred and strife and backed by all the stuff that happens outside of the kingdom when jesus came he brought the kingdom of god near and when he went to the cross and overcame death he made it possible for us to recognize our sin and selfishness to turn from that to yield to this king and to let him by his strength, man, move into this, transferred into the kingdom of his beloved son.
And that's real, y'all. That's real. I mean, let it be known in this house today, <laughs> that is real. And it's not just a kind of truth. It's not just something that you get tagged with and keep walking. It is a knockout blow. When the Colossians got hit with it, it was a knockout blow. They were, <laughs> they were on the canvas. <laughs> this is, this is, this now everything's changed. And it was evidenced by what happened in their life in the days that followed. It was evidence of what got back to Paul. Man, these people, these people got it. Oh, Father, please give it to them more. So let it be known. There's a response that happens when this gospel truth <laughs> hits you between the eyes. So for, to whatever degree that happened this morning, if it was the first time that you've ever heard that, man, I'd love to talk to you some more. Um, let, it, let it have its due, you know, um, weight and power up on you. If, if it's something that you've heard before, but this morning you remember, yeah, you're right. That's not just something you hear and keep walking. That's something that you hear, and it changes everything. Let me pray that it would.